part-time assistant baseball coach at Gross Point South High School. But above all else, John Hackett is an amazing, genuine, caring human being. So it's no surprise that he leads the charge for Hackett Home Care, which delivers exceptional home care services to fit a wide range of needs. If you or a loved one is growing increasingly dependent on others with everyday activities, Hackett Home Care can help regain and restore your quality of life. Whether it's in your home, assisted living facility, or in the hospital, their caregivers will come to you to provide you with the most compassionate care possible. Specializing in things like Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's, traumatic brain injury, and catastrophic injury care, Hackett Home Care's caregivers will give you medication reminders, meal preparation, light housekeeping, fall prevention, and the best part is they're around up to 24 hours a day. Guys, when I tell you that John Hackett will do the job, I mean that he cares. And you can give him a call and find out why I'm speaking the truth at 313-319-8050. Or you can shoot him an email at coachhack19 at yahoo.com. That's coachhack192 hs at yahoo.com. Or give him a call today at 313-319-8050. Welcome into Cold with the Bats postseason edition state championship week slash weekend is here. Bittersweet. I feel like we've been saying bittersweet for a few weeks in a row now, but it, it has kind of been. It, this is what like May into June kind of feels like. You get excited about uh, everything during then. You, you start with the league, you know, a race for the league, a race to the end. And then you go into your postseason and you have your districts and then your districts turns into your regionals. And then now we get to the... Uh, the conclusion of it all, which is state championship weekend uh, in East Lansing. The only time of the year when being in East Lansing is a good thing is uh, is this weekend. So <laughs> looking forward to that. We have some really exciting final fours to talk about. We have chaos to discuss in all four divisions, but most especially, and most obviously in division one. We have Goose Poop himself on the show today to talk about the computer rankings. So you'll hear about what the computers are predicting to happen in East Lansing this weekend, who are the most favorite teams, who are the least favorite teams, and everything in between. And then, of course, uh, Brian and I will will talk about our opinions on everything because we know you love to hear that. And surely there won't they're, – they're not wrong. Surely not. With that in mind and with that being said – Brian, partner, how are you? What's it like down in uh, Believe Land? You wish you were in Michigan for are – you, are you coming? I mean, you came up here last year, but I feel like that was because Orchard Lake was in it and you were trying to watch 44-0, so I'd imagine you won't be up this weekend. Um, but what's your plans? Yeah, probably not. Um, I'm going to have to hit the road in a big way soon for work, so probably going to spend as much time in Ohio as I can leading up to that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, you know – it's a great weekend. It is every year. It sucks how quick the season is. I'm already bummed that it's over, you know, but a wild and crazy path in D1. Um, we talk, You'll hear us talk to Goose Poop later on in the show about how somewhat surprisingly it's maybe D3 that the computer says has the uh, most potential outcomes uh, in the simulation and 
And I would have thought it was D1. D2 is very evenly matched, blah, 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 blah. We'll get into all of it. But, uh, yeah, man, it's it's exciting. I'm excited to crown four state champions. It's the best time of year. And, and then we'll uh, hit the road and dive right into the summer circuit. And I'll see a bunch of you guys in Hoover and Phoenix and Atlanta and Florida and anywhere in between. But, uh, but yeah, man, ready to roll. Summer's here. Yeah, and I'm happy to say that I will not be doing anything this summer. I will go check out some guys play and enjoy that. Um, but I, I second summer uh, without coaching summer ball, and I'm I am okay with that. But I am getting a little bit of an itch, so we'll see. I do miss it. Not not a lot though, like a very a very minor amount. I feel like if I were to show up at a what's your five? You can't actually say this. I will. My favorite park by far is Lake Point, right? Um, and if I were to show up there to watch, I would probably get a little bit eager to want to go out there and wish I had a team type of deal. But um, tell you what, driving past, or like thinking about driving to Bowling Green for Black Swamp, like I am totally all set for four days <laughs> of rain delays in Black Swamp. So yeah. I feel I feel good about that. Um, all right, so moving into, moving into bracket – do housekeeping. Housekeeping. Twitter, Coldweatherbats, at Coldweatherbats. <laughs> Instagram, at Coldweatherbats. I'm, really, I'm really bad at following directions. Uh, you can find us on social media and follow us if you haven't already. Um, we have stockpiled a, a, a nice little solid following, um, but we'd love to continue to grow that and for you to be a part of it. Brian does a fan fantastic job on the socials. I cannot take credit for the socials because I don't really ever do them, but Brian has been tremendous at it and uh, we appreciate him for that. So if you see him in public, make sure you say thank you for sending out all the fantastic tweets and Instagram posts. Also the Instagram is like insane. Uh, we, we clearly have a demographic for both. Like we don't need anybody to come in and like study like what demographics we should target. Clearly old people <laughs> follow the Twitter and kids yeah. follow the Instagram and the engagement from the kids on Instagram is absurd, but also the engagement from the parents on Twitter is absurd, both in good yeah. and sometimes bad ways, but uh, all the same. And also that I guess applies to the kids because there were some interesting comments on the Instagram this week, which I will not allude to, but yeah, I just, just say that they were interesting. It's uh, we're not going to discuss them, but yeah, a lot of uh, um, impotent Spirit. dudes with fake accounts, and then a lot of teenagers who don't realize that it's dude old dudes with fake accounts. Like, anyways, <laughs> the the comments on the D one Final Four graphic were nuts. So yeah, if you're, if you're <laughs> interested in seeing what it's like to be way too much online, uh, go ahead and read those comments in your downtime. Um, but anyway, Brando, yeah, man, like I, we're going to save the goose poop stuff for later in the show. We talked to him for damn near 30 minutes. Um, and we will save that for the end. Like we did all season with the super 25, we'd rolled through our stuff and then we went and dived into the computer stuff. Really excellent segment. We hope you stick around for with him a little later on in the show. Um, but yeah, I, Brandon, let's just start at the top. We're going to work our way through division by division, talk about the path of each semifinalist. Uh, and make our picks, make our final picks, since none of our picks from either before the season or before the playoffs started are alive. So, uh, is that true? Are we completely? In D1. I, I know in Division One we're completely wiped. Uh, you're no, alive. D one we're well fine. D four. Yeah, D one we're fine. Or no, D one is the one that doesn't work. Um, yeah, D one is dead. Yeah, dead. Um, 
let's see. Did we did we chart these? No, I don't think we did. We didn't chart the playoffs, no. By the way, we will have awards next week. We should probably mention that in passing. Yeah, right? this is the so, annual so CWB next- awards will come your way next week. Yes, and we're trying to have each each of the guys on who get the award for a nice little clip. Um, so look out for that. But, yeah, we'll have your coach of the year, team of the year, pitcher of the year from each division, player of the year from each division, moment of the year, Cinderella of the year, Mr. and, Down of River. course, Mr. Downriver, of <laughs> course. Because how, how could you not? How could you not? Speaking of which, it's going to be pretty easy to select a Mr. Downriver considering only one Downriver team is – is repping the area in the uh, in the final four. So yeah, no D one's been crazy, but who who else did we have? I mean, I know you're alive and well for D four because you had Beale City in D four. Um, obviously, Liggett I think was a popular choice to make it pretty deep in D two. Grand Rapids Christian. So I guess not so bad, but uh, but D one's definitely been a uh, a scratch off. So in Division One, our four semifinalists, Brownstown, Woodhaven, of course, repping down river. Uh, they came through the bracket by taking down Berkeley, De La Salle, and then Gross Point South in what was a really, really good game, a very back-and-forth game that Woodhaven had to come back in uh, to take that, and they are in the Final Four. They are going to play Macomb, Dakota, uh, who got here by way of taking down Sterling Heights-Stevenson, Lake Orion, and Grand Blank. That's a tough road. Uh, for Dakota to have run, and they did. A uh, good game with Grand Blank in that final there. But Dakota all the way through to the final four. Uh, Novi is the third of the semifinalists in Division One. They knocked off previous number one Northville. They took down a ranked team in Heartland, and they mercied a ranked team in Battle Creek Lakeview uh, in the state quarterfinal. So Novi in having done so rather convincingly along the way. And Matawan, speaking of convincing, uh, obviously we talked about the 23-run the outbursts they poured onto Portage Northern early on, uh, but they took down an, a top-five-ranked team in Zealand East. They mercyed Cedar Springs, and then they beat a good Traverse City West team in the quarterfinal. So you will have Woodhaven against Dakota and Novi against Matawan. And Brandon, I, for me, this is – I think the Matawan against Novi game is – um, you know, maybe the more talented of the two matchups. And I'm, you know, my thought is the winner's going to come from that side, but I'm like almost scared to make any sort of predictions because the D- D1's been so nuts this year. Yeah, I, I'm nervous to make a prediction on anything in uh, in Division One. I, I, I think that they're both equally hard to predict, but I do think if if we had to make a decision that it's going to come from the side that is Matawan versus Novi because of the arms, I just think the better arms are there, the deeper arms, at least, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, Langlois is really good for Woodhaven, um, you know, and, and Dakota's, I think Dakota's offense is probably, if not the best one of, I mean, look at the teams they've beaten and look at the runs yep. they've, they've put up along the way. Like, you know, they've definitely made, you know, stake their claim. Uh, but so is every other team. I mean, like Woodhaven has been out hit two times over again by Allen Park and, and Gross Point South. I think maybe not two X against South because it was like fourteen to eight when all was said and done. But they went into that sixth sixth inning being out hit fourteen to four, and then walked out with you know six runs in that six runs with two outs in that inning and seven runs in that inning overall. And they were able to uh, you know come back from. For those who don't know, it was it was an insane game. It was seven to yeah. You seven were there. Two, yeah. Yeah, 
seven to two. Yeah, seven to two with one out and in the bottom of the sixth. And then Woodhaven scored to go seven to three. And then it was two outs, seven to three, bottom of the sixth. And then by the time we got to the top of the seventh, Woodhaven was up nine to seven. And um, South couldn't couldn't play one. I think they had a, they left one guy stranded. But other than that, they went down. Uh, three out of the next four batters went down. So, you know, Woodhaven has, has staked their claim as well, just with the ability to, to, to have resolve and to really never be out of a game because they were losing to Allen Park early. They were down like 2-0, 3-0. I think at some point they were down like maybe like 5-3 to three or something, or I think they were up 5-3, to three, but they were down 2-0 to, for the bulk of the beginning of the game. I think the first four innings, it was 2-0 after the fourth or something like that. And, you know, they were able to come back. And then meanwhile, Dakota's, you know, been able to come back. They came back from Grand Blank. They were down, I think, what was it, seven to three or six to three or something like that. And they came back and won that game in the quarterfinal. Um, and then Madawan. I mean, Madawan opened the opened the playoffs, beating their life out of Portage Northern. Um, and then you know, beat some other great teams along the way as well. I mean, at this point, every team's beaten a good team, right? Like Novi beat Northville. Um who who beat Lake Orion? Was it Dakota beat Lake Orion? And you know, by association, that means they be Marys. And so, you know, all of these teams have whoever beats Seaholm, that was by association beating Rice. So, yep. you know, all of these teams have – none of these teams have had an easy road. They've all beaten good teams to get here. Yep. Really good teams. Uh, I would say if anybody's had the easiest road, quote-unquote, it's probably been Woodhaven and that they haven't had to face, like, a big beast of a pitcher anywhere along the way. They really haven't faced, like, a – uh, anybody that's um, been seen on the other side for these other three teams, I think. Mm-hmm. But again, it's a very unpredictable thing. If I had to predict it, if I had to say where it's going to come from, I think it's going to come from. I know I got to pick one. I hate picking though. I'm going to take them. I think they got the better. I think they got the better arms, and uh, I think they got the the bigger team, the better, the deeper team. They're going to have more options, I think. And I think ultimately it comes from that side. So I think it's going to be Novi or Madawan. I'll take Novi. Um, Abler and, and Bennett are, are really, really good. And I think that Woodhaven and Dakota will both have to use their best in that semifinal. And I think whoever wins that game is just going to run out of gas when they see uh, Bennett or Abler in the final. I will uh, do the opposite of you. I'm taking Madawan as my Division One champion. That would be incredible. I would love I that. Think they, I, I think there's something to be said for taking whoever's hottest latest. You know, we yeah. see it in the men's college world series all the time. Like maybe not this year, for example, but or this year it would count if TCU wins. But anyways, like last year, Ole Miss was not real good all season, got hot, won it. You know, and I think that Madawan's the case of that this year. Not that they weren't good during the regular season, just we never ranked them. We've talked about that a couple times. Um, but they're proven they can knock off anybody. I think Garza can beat anybody on the mound. And then you have a, a, a freshman like Jomini who potentially lines up to start a state final game and shades of Brock Porter starting a state final game as a freshman, uh, you know, like I could see that lining up and I just think they're deep. I think they're talented. I think they've proven themselves. I will go with Matawan as my division one state champion, Brandon, let's uh, let us move over to division two. As we continue along here, we're recording this on Tuesday. You'll hear this on Wednesday. Um, but the division two semifinalists, Grand Rapids, Christian, came through the bracket, uh, taking down Olivet, Stevensville Lakeshore, who was previously ranked, and Grand Rapids Catholic Central. Uh, they have not had any sort of a struggle so far, uh, at least in the last three weeks. So uh, Grand Rapids Christian, they will play Flint Powers Catholic. Um, important to note that while we do have uh, – we talked about this on Twitter 
not a lot of CHSL teams. Um, there are some teams that say Catholic after them, for example, but they're not in the CHSL. So uh, I separate that in my head. I don't know if it matters, but either way, uh, Powers Catholic, they took down Frankenmuth in the state quarter. Uh, they beat Madison Heights Lamphere before that, as well as Williamston. We know that Grant Garman can beat anybody uh, in the state. We know that they have good arms behind him, including Isaac Sturgis. Both of them are CWB live draft draftees. Uh, so Powers Catholic against Grand Rapids Christian. Uh, Liggett, uh, to no surprise, here in the Final Four in Division Two, We expected that from them and then expected it even more once we saw the path that they had in the playoffs. Um, they took down Adrian 14-3. to They took down Riverview 4-1 to in what was a pretty good game. Uh, and beat Detroit University Prep before that. So Liggett, no surprise, don't have, you know, but we know we know how good Liggett is. They're here. Uh, they're going to take on Forest Hills Eastern, who is the defending Division II state champion. They beat Spring Lake in the quarterfinal 7-2. to two. They took down Bay City John Glenn 2 to nothing in what was an excellent game, from what I understand. Uh, Bay City John Glenn was our highest-ranked Division II team prior to that, so Forest Hills Eastern. And they took John Gladwin, too, who was another 30-win team this year. So uh, all of these teams in Division II, Brandon, uh, you know, these are four of the six teams we identified before the season. Like, these are the dudes in D2. And unlike Division One, this kind of went chalk. You know, obviously a couple of them lost along the way because you can only have four in the semis. But, uh, but yeah, four of the, the teams that we identified early is really good. Yeah, and I think it's because uh, – oh, man, there's a couple factors. I think uh, – and I'm – this is not going to – I probably shouldn't even say this and, like, welcome the argument that's going to come at me if I do say it. But, like, Liggett's had a pretty easy path relative to most other teams have had. Uh, and, you know, take that as what you will. It's just a fact. They just haven't had to face as many good teams. Their district was obviously not daunting. And then their region wasn't as much either. And then they got to Riverview, who's a good team. But Riverview had used, you know – both their number one and number two uh, to get past Huron in a nine inning game. And I think that uh, Liggett is going to be the team that ultimately uh, comes closest to winning it alongside Grand Rapids Christian. Um, but also like, you know, you, you really can't count out uh, you really can't count out Forest Hills after winning it a year ago either. So I think D2, although we've given D1 the, the uh, label as being so unpredictable, it's also kind of unpredictable. Um, but I will take, Grand Rapids Christian, they got close. They got there last year, came up short. Remington and Isaacs likely, um, I think, ready for this game. Two guys that you'd like to have on the mound, and you've got an option to have both of them and in your lineup. Pretty pretty solid. So I'll take uh, I'll take Christian. And a justifiable pick that is. I think any of the four here are justified. I really do believe that. Uh, you know, I know we're each going to pick one, and, and Goose Boop is going to have the computer projections for one, which you'll hear later in the show. Um, I would have to say that, man, I, I think the Grand Rapids Christian Powers game should be really, really good. Um, I think that both are similarly deep on the mound and um, similarly talented throughout the lineup. I would maybe give the offensive edge to Christian just by a little bit. Gross, or, uh, Liggett against Eastern, again, man. It's a really good games. I, I think what you're seeing here, and, and this is as it should be, no one is going to throw off in their first game. That just won't happen in, in Division Two this year. So you have to then look at, okay, who are teams number ones? 
How do they stack up against each other? And then even if you like one team's number one better than the other team's number one, what does everybody's number two look like in a bullpen situation? And then furthermore, whoever you think is going to win, who do, who do they have left for a potential state championship game? So with that being said, I am going to echo you. I'm going Grand Rapids Christian. I think the depth on the mound will factor in here in a big way because you have to win two games, and first you have to win one. And I just think, like, there are very, very talented pitch aces on every team that can beat anybody. We mentioned some of them. It's just I think Grand Rapids Christian is going to roll three or four deep at a little bit higher level than the other teams that are in this Final Four will. So going to echo you and go with Grand Rapids Christian there. Um, let's flip this over to Division Three. Uh, in what you'll hear about from Goose Poop a little later is the most contentious one uh, by the computer model. All four teams with uh, very, very similar odds of winning. Um, also, Brandon, remind me before we dive into the Goose Poop interview to go through the Twitter poll results because we yes. set those up and those are done now. Um, but in Division Three, Algonac is one of those, our first semifinalists. They beat Cass City 11 to 1, who beat Detroit Edison in the regional final in a 2 to 1 game that went 10 innings. It's a nuts, uh, nuts playoff game. Congrats to Cass City on the regional championship, but uh, they were out of gas by the time they got to Algonac. So, Algonac knocked them off. Um, they took down E-Course 5-3. E-Course had a great year. Congrats to them. Um, and took down Montrose before that. So, Algonac there, one of the semifinalists. Lansing Catholic, the other one on this side. They took down Waterfleet in the state quarters. They took down North Muskegon and Grand Rapids North Point Christian, I believe. Uh, yeah, North Point Christian. Prior to that, so Lansing Catholic rolling into the semifinals. Bridgman took down Ottawa Lake Whiteford, who was my favorite coming out of that particular uh, region. Uh, four to three in a game that went nine innings. Prior to that, they took down Grass Lake and Centerville. Um, so Bridgman rolling into the state semis there. They will square off with Standish Sterling, who beat Gladstone, Charlevoix, and Clare en route to the state semis. So your finals... Uh, your finals are going to be Algonac against Lansing Catholic and Bridgman against Standish Sterling in Division Three. Our Super 25, our eye test would tell you that Algonac is the heavy favorite here. But as we talk about with Goose Poop, that is not the case. Um, but either way, this is us picking. So, Brandon, Division Three, what do you got, Coach? Yeah, I think you only get Josh Kasner for one game, right? You can only throw him once. Um and and that's I feel like that's your that's your bid. So I think you throw him in the semi and get into this and get into the final. The worst thing that could happen is that you don't throw him, and then you're looking at him when he's walking off the field without uh, an appearance in the in the in the state finals at, at East Lansing. So I would take Algonac to to win that game over Lansing Catholic, and in, in the assumption that that Kastner gets the ball. Uh, and then I like I like uh, Standish in the in the other side of the semi, and then ultimately I, I like Algonac. I think they're kind of just the team that's just continued to do their thing. They really haven't uh, wavered away from who we thought they were going to be. They've been extremely consistent. Uh, they they of course we have the conversation about the strength of schedule not being what you'd like it to be, but I don't think that if you look at the common opponents of the other three teams that are left in in this side and uh, Division Three can't speak English. You look at the common opponents of everybody else in Division Three. I think that there's some relative comparisons there, and that Algonac isn't necessarily outclassed in terms of what these other teams have played compared to them. So, I will take Algonac to to win. Uh, you know, more confidence than than two and one, um, but less confidence in that I don't know as much as I'd like to know 
about who they're uh, who they're up against. But I, I feel like Algonac's just been a, a real consistent team uh, that hasn't budged, that hasn't wavered away from what who they are and what they are. I think if they throw Kastner in that semi, they'll get to the final, uh, and I'll take them to beat uh, Standish in the final. I think that's what it's going to come down to is like Josh Kastner's the the most talented player left in this final four. That's not a slight to anybody else. He is. Josh Kastner can only throw once or he can throw twice in a weird split split way, whatever. Let's just assume it's once. You, you probably got to throw him in the semi. You know, Lansing Catholic's really good. They have a dude on the mound too, from what I understand. So, I, you know, going with the, the notion that we both believe that no one's going to beat Kastner, then you're looking at Algonac against somebody, but without him. And I think that Algonac's depth has maybe not been tested as well as it should have been this year, given the strength of schedule, but that doesn't mean it's not there. Um, we, you know, we ranked him high coming into the season because not only did they have the ace, they had a team behind him. It's not, you know, it's not like they're ranked and stayed ranked all year, all year, all year and, and excuse me, and, and went 36 and three because of one dude. That's not the case, but. So, I, I mean, a long-winded way of saying, Brandon, that I am going to go chalk with you here as well, and I'm going to stick with Algonac as my D3 pick. That's one of the picks we had before the season that we actually have a shot at uh, coming to fruition here. Although I'll look back. I think I picked Grand Rapids Christian in D2 also. But either way, um, yeah, we both pick Algonac in Division Three. And let's move this into Division Four, our final of the four uh, Kalamazoo Hackett Catholic. They are into the semifinals here. They won it in 21, I think, Brandon. 2021 Hackett won. Um, they won yes, that would be correct. Final. Yeah, Quops, Quops senior year, yeah. That's right. So they are back. Um, they are. We got a DM from Coach. They are actually pretty young this year and, and uh, maybe a little bit ahead of schedule in terms of being in the Final Four already and competing for a state championship this late in the season with a young club. So props to Hackett. Um, they, you know, they're here, one of the semifinalists, they will take on Beale city, uh, one of the season long favorites in division four. They were the state runners up last year, uh, in a really good game against Riverview Richard, um, a D four powerhouse of for a while now, uh, Beale city is so they, they will take on Hackett. Um, on the other side, Rudyard comes out of the upper peninsula back to East Lansing for a second year in a row back in the final four. Congrats to coach Billy Mitchell. Uh, they took down Painsdale, Jeffers, Rogers City, and Indian River in, Inland Lakes on the uh, on the way to East Lansing. Uh, Inland Lakes, a particularly impressive win there as they were uh, you know, the number one ranked team in D4, I believe, prior to that loss. But uh, Rudyard back in East Lansing, they are going to take on Plymouth Christian Academy, uh, who took down Shrine in a 10 nothing game. They beat Brown City, and they beat Riverview Richard prior to that. Um, Plymouth Christian rolling uh, right now. 33 and seven, I believe something like that. But uh, either way, Plymouth Christian rolling in a big way. Goose poop says, and again, we're just going to tease this. So you stick around for the rest of the show and listen to him at the end. But goose poop says that D four is the, uh, the one with the easiest favorite, the one with the, the, the division that where the computer model believes strongest in its project projection or whatever. We won't say who that comes out as, um, you've probably seen it already on social media. And if not, it, we talk about it with them. So stay tuned. But, uh, Brandon, I think that D4 is to me just, uh, you know, 
I, I think I agree with Goose Poop, and I know we're kind of giving it, giving it away at this point, but like, I, I kind of, I'm going to go with Plymouth Christian as my pick. I think that they are playing too well. Um, I, I think that they are playing as good as they have all season at the best time. Um, they obviously have some dudes. They have a couple guys in particular on the mound that, uh, you know, are of a different level talent than, uh, than others. And so they, uh, kind of allows them to, to really just roll. And that's what they've been doing all season long. That's what they've done in the postseason. going to go with, with Plymouth Christian as my pick for division four. Um, but that's not to say that, you know, I, I think Beale city's in a good spot here. I think that obviously them against Hackett uh, is a particularly good semifinal. So if Beale city were to move through that, they should give PCA a game. Um, I obviously, if I'm picking PCA as my state or division four state champion, I'm picking them to beat Rod Yard in the semifinal. So assuming that, um, but yeah, I mean, Beale city versus, uh, uh, versus PCA would be my D four pick uh, as far as what I think the game will be. And I will take PCA in that game. Um, that agrees with the computer model. It agrees with what we see with our eyes and think. Uh, and so we're going to roll with PCA. I think Beale City is definitely a team that – well, first off, Beale City was – was that your pick? That was your pick, right? Like originally, I mean? I think I, I think maybe, yeah. I'd have to look. I think, but yeah, I think I think were. you did take them. I think you did take them before uh, before the postseason started. But like end of May, that, that episode, I think you did end up picking them because I picked Mooney. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, I think that uh, Beale City is like the team that's going to beat Plymouth Christian if, if there is a team. But I, I – it's real hard to pick anybody but them right now. And I think it kind of goes back to what you said about when a team gets hot type of deal. Well, when a team gets hot, yeah. But also when like a really good team gets also really hot relative to its competition, like hard to pick against them. And so because of that, I'm going to stick with Plymouth Christian. I think that they've just, they're impossible to pick against. And if they lose this weekend, it's baseball, but logically hard to pick against them right now. So I'll, I'll stick with PCA. So to recap our picks here on the eve of uh, the state semifinals, in Division One, Brandon picked Novi. I took Matawan. In Division Two, we both agreed on Grand Rapids Christian. Is that right? You said GRC, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah, we both agreed on Grand Rapids Christian. In Division Three, we are in lockstep on Algonac. Computer be damned. Uh, in Division Four, <laughs> we agree with Plymouth Christian. Uh, those are our picks not yours or whatever. Uh, but anyways, Brandon, I did want to real quickly, cause we're going to, uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to jump into a lengthy interview with goose poop, which was outstanding. I, I don't say that with any sort of disdain. It was our longest interview segment maybe ever. And it was worth every bit of it. The amount of information in there is, is outstanding. Um, but yes, anyways. So according to the Twitter polls, which I put out on Saturday night, I had them run for 48 hours until uh, Monday night. In Division One, the people with 907 votes, the people pick Novi, with Macomb Dakota following them up, and Woodhaven and Matawan split and tied in third place. In Division Two, with 560 votes, Liggett the runaway favorite here, 56% of the vote, with Grand Rapids Christian behind them, uh, deeply behind them, and Powers and Forest Hills Eastern tied for third in the poll. 
uh, in Division Three, it's Algonac with 55% of the votes, Lansing Catholic with 34% of the votes, Standard Sterling only 8%, and Bridgman a lowly 3% of the vote. So that's how you all feel about D3. And in Division Four, it's Plymouth Christian, 35% of the vote, Hackett with 23 Beale City with 31 Rudyard with 11% of the vote. So that is how the folks, the Twitter followers see that, uh, see the, the final playing out. Brandon, I... We're just gonna we're just gonna cut it here. We won't even have a, a, a wrap up after the interview with Goosebook. That'll be the end of the show. So once you get to the end of that segment, don't wait for us. We're leaving. That's what this is. Um, <laughs> Brandon, it, without any further ado, before we take you into that interview, I mean, man, it's that time of year. This is our last in season cold weather bats of the season. Um, we are going to obviously do a season recap show next week with all of the CWB awards like we do every year. And then we are, we have some plans to continue going through the summer. We're not going to be weekly, um, but hopefully monthly for a few months. And then maybe a couple times a month as we roll into 2024, whatever it is, we, we are not going to take a summer vacation this year off of this, at least not one. Yeah, no hiatus this months, year. Multiple months at a time. We're not going to do that. So um, yeah, I mean, Hey man, anything left to say? No, man, it's been a cool year. I mean, first year uh, for me as a head coach was an interesting experience to share through the show. And I think that uh, obviously my perspective changed this year and my analysis changed and the the show's going to change. I mean, the show's going to evolve. It's like any other show you watch or listen to in that characters are going to change such and such but also like i don't know anybody past 2024 really so (laughs) i'm gonna have to do some off-season studying because when we started the show i knew everybody like 2021 2022 2023 even you know the bulk of the 2024 is like i had a real strong understanding of who was who and who was good because of coaching summer ball and you know coaching against all the kids in that age group and seeing them all in the summer scene and everything. So one or two things are going to have to happen for this show to continue to uh, exist at a high level. Uh, coach is going to have to start watching some tape and studying and, and learning who's who uh, or going out to watch or uh, coach is going to have to get back in the summer ball so he can figure out who's who again. I can uh, provide some more analysis because Lord knows sack is never going to, he's never going to be short on, on, uh, on Intel given the job. Right. So, um, Regardless, I hope you guys stick around. This has not been the completion of season three, but we are are nearing it as we approach season four, which will be a much longer season than season three. Um, but we appreciate you guys listening and tuning in and making this show what it is. I don't think we really realized. We knew it was going to be a big deal, but we didn't know it was going to be what it is. And we're very thankful for that. And we obviously enjoy doing it. And we look forward to talking to you again next week and then throughout the summer. So for Brian, I am Brandon. Follow us on, on all the socials at Cold Weather Bats. We appreciate it. You're about to listen to our phenomenal interview with Goose Poop. And once that concludes, we will take you to Championship Weekend. Enjoy it. If you're if you're a parent going to watch, enjoy it and just do that and cheer on your team and just enjoy it and don't do anything else that's unnecessary. And and remember that you don't influence the outcome no matter how loud you yell. Correct. And if you are a player that's playing this weekend, then good luck. And again, most importantly, enjoy it and have fun. 
and don't get too caught up in all the nonsense and just go play ball. And if you're a player who's going to watch or you're not in it or you're just here to listen because you like our voices or you like baseball, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week. Enjoy the Goose Poop interview. This interview and all Cold Weather Bats interviews are brought to you by our friends at Hackett Home Care, your home for your personal home care needs. All right, we are finally talking to the man, the myth, the legend, a little bit of everything. They call him Goose Poop. We call him, you guessed it, we call him Goose Poop. Uh, how are you, man? <laughs> it's, good to, uh, it's good to finally put a, a voice to the name for a lot of people. I think I'm the only one that's formally met you that I know of so far, at least. But, uh, but how are you? Welcome to the show. Doing well, guys. Thanks for having me on. I'm thrilled to be here. So. Yeah, man, we're excited to have you here. And obviously, uh, you've been doing football, and then from football, it was over to basketball. And then ultimately, you made your way to baseball, and I think you learned the hard way how difficult it is to uh, predict a baseball postseason in comparison to pretty much every other sport. But this one's been, if if I may, this one has been the wildest one by far. So don't think like... Don't think this is the sample size because this is without a doubt the craziest one we've had in years in the state. Um, but what's the experience been like for you for context for those at home? Goose Poop's the one who's been providing uh, analytical rankings for the uh, for the show, but also for the state of Michigan. Uh, and you can see him on Twitter. We, we've uh, featured his rankings on the show every week. They're basically a power rating system, and we've been uh, breaking them down each week. And just kind of you know before I guess I guess before we dive into what you learned about in high school baseball this year just talk about what your rankings have kind of consisted of and the criteria behind them and what it's like diving into those each week yeah so uh, to answer your question there uh brandon um the rankings are a power rating system so it uses strictly historical results um and specifically just 2023 results um and the only input to those are historical runs scored and historical runs against. And so you can, a simple way to think about it is the daisy chain. So Grosseal beats Riverview by two runs. Riverview beats Trenton by one run. Therefore, Grosseal is three runs better than Trenton, right? That would be a very simplistic way to think about it. But what the computer model is doing is forming a web of all possible daisy chains. Um, so you, 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 you can, you can get to like a mutual opponent 50 daisy chains away and somehow infer their rating um, because of how they played against one team that was maybe, you know, 50 mutual opponents down the chain from you. Um, and then it, it basically averages those, averages those all out over the course of the season. And so you basically come to, um, you know, at the beginning of the season where we're giving rankings and there's a lot of movement in the rankings, you basically come to a that that, that movement smooths out over the course of uh, several weeks and you basically come to, OK, this is your team's average uh, and it's pretty steady for the rest of the season. So that's that's hopefully a good overview. Let me know if I missed anything. Well, I, for one, think that analytics are ruining the game. Sorry, no, that's my contractually obligated old man statement of the show uh, as, as the old man of the show. But uh, anyways, so I, I guess I, my follow-up question to that, and we could talk about this forever, I guess, is so explain then um, 
going off of what you just said, how you just broke it down, runs scored, runs allowed, mutual opponents, how is strength of schedule then brought into play? Like, how does that equation then work? Yeah, that's a that's a great um, question because I did not cover that aspect of it. So um, a lot of times, and this didn't happen so much in baseball because it's harder to keep track of records, but in football and basketball, we do a thing called Survivor Island, which is we just track who's undefeated still. And from time to t- or every year, you'll have the team that is undefeated but not ranked by the computer model. And the the fans of the team will rightfully say, as I would if I was a fan of an undefeated team, they'll say, why is my team not ranked? Well, that is because your team actually has what what I would term a bad, bad wins. So basically, and this is how it gets into strength of schedule. Basically, once we have a, a, a first computer rating on your team, so basically after it plays three games, then the next time it steps out on the field against an opponent, your team has an expected number of runs it's supposed to win by. This would be in a baseball context. In a basketball or football, we'd say points, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you do not beat or if you just meet that ex- expectation, so let's say I'm favored by three runs and I win by three runs, yeah, you, you will have won and you will prove that you're better than the team but your computer rating will not have adjusted whatsoever. You have, you have performed at expectations. Um, and so, you know, kind of referring this back, if you're an undefeated, uh, say, basketball team, um, but you actually have played a bunch of uh, uh, team, like let's say you, you played a, a, a 500 team and you only won by six, and then there's all of these other maybe two or three or four lost teams that have won by 10 or 15 and then the computer model is what I would and what I would argue fairly docking you for not performing uh, as well as some of those other teams. Um, so hopefully that, that gets to your question. And we have those discussions all the time. Brandon and I do when we're just doing our like I test super 25 is like strength to schedule, strength to schedule, strength to schedule. You know, like X team went six and oh last week, but they have six wins against six teams I've never heard of. And whoever combined 20 wins between them. Meanwhile, I'll just pull an example out of thin air. Catholic Central went five and two last week or five and three last week or whatever. And their three losses were all the top five teams and they beat top 25 teams and blah, 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 blah. So like it's it's nice to see the computers kind of um, backing us on that. You know what I mean? Like not that we were in lockstep the whole way, not nor is it designed to be, but like it's nice to see that whole like, okay, we're kind of the strength of schedule thing does matter. Even when you break it down by the data, it's not just us being subjective. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. It's, it, that's um, that's right. So what would you say was the, I mean, obviously this is the first year doing it. How many years have you been doing football? Was this your first year doing football too? Yeah. This is our first year with the computer model. Yeah. Okay. So how, I guess like was baseball the most difficult to, evaluate just because of the lack of data or was there anything else that made it more difficult? Yeah, I think there's, there's probably three things and it's hard to suss out what the, what percentage of each contributes to the overall difficulty. So just from the start, it is without a doubt more difficult um, than the other two sports. I think certainly it's lack of data, right? So at present moment teams aren't required or, or they're not um, there's no uh, motivation to enter, make sure all of your data is up to date. There is that motivation with football and basketball because that uh, information is used for seeding purposes for playoffs. 
So that's certainly one. Um, second, uh, I think uh, there's just something about the game of baseball that's maybe a little different or not even maybe it's like certainly a little different. So if you think about like football and basketball, um, we're giving you a def- we're giving a d- team uh, a defensive score uh, based on theoretically the same 11 or same five out there every single time. Right. You're not you know, you might have specific packages, but on average, the same guys are playing the entire game. Baseball, you are almost certainly rotating a pitcher, you know, once every three games in high school. Is that right? Once every two games, four games, that sort of thing. It um, depends, on <laughs> <laughs> depends on the coach. Depends on the coach. But uh, that is, you know, that, and I, I don't know what percentage of the game the pitcher's playing in, in high school, but like that you're going maybe like 80% of the game with your defensive rating, basically most of your defensive rating being scored off one player. Right. So that, 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 that introduces a level of variability between outings uh, that I've heard you guys talk about on the show a lot is like, you know, how do you, if in a, in a, in a day with back-to-back games, if you have a very strong pitcher and a, a very weak pitcher, like your, your team's, your team's a whole different team from game to game. So how do you, how do you even set a rating on that? Right. You, you have two different teams essentially from the computer's perspective. So. Right. Yeah. Especially when it comes to like grading the double headers, because in baseball, like you're not, you aren't necessarily playing every game to win, you know, in the non-league versus league games, yeah. The volume yeah. of games you're playing, like you're, you're, I'm sure that happens in basketball. Maybe like they, they might get the. I don't know though. I don't think maybe maybe not at all. But in baseball, you're you're if you're playing a doubleheader, your second game. I mean, if you're doing it the right way, I think I think most of us would agree it's the right way to do it. That you're gonna your second leg should be your backups to get them reps and everything right. Um, so it's interesting because you you do pretty much roll out two different teams. Especially if you're at a place like, you know, the bigger schools like Catholic League schools, public-wise, pretty much just – I don't know if there's any schools that have as many guys as South does. I mean, they have like 27 guys, so they legitimately have two different teams um, when they play a doubleheader. But it's definitely interesting. So diving into – or switching over, I should say, to what's relevant going into this weekend, um, you know, what is the data saying about what could happen on a state championship weekend? Because right now we have a Final Four set for all four divisions, but – uh, what's the computers telling us should happen come Saturday? Yeah. So I just, I ran, I reran the model yesterday to kind of give updated rankings for each team post every single result that's occurred. So we're, we're up to date through final fours being set basically. And a little background. If you look at the backward looking, how well would these ratings have predicted every single, uh, result it's about 80 percent so similar to basketball and football um but i think i think the big kind of uh you know why because it it did it was not very or not as accurate as i'd like during the playoffs Mm -hmm. uh as i posted about online um is more at six neither were we but don't (laughs) don't worry it was rough rough. you look at our Um, super 25 before the playoffs you throw that shit in the trash Right. I think there's just a bunch of very close games. Right. So like if you see right. uh, and even the computer model will say it. So like if I, if you see like we projected maybe one thing. Right. Well, there being I think it was like and th- this one we were right on. But I, I remember this f- specifically is we projected. I think it was Lake Orion over Lakeland. And yeah, we put Lake Orion out there, but they were literally favored by point oh one of a run. 
<laughs> you can imagine, you know, that's that's basic. That that's as close to a coin flip as possible. So it's really not even being favored. Now we got that one right. So yeah, hey, we get to count in our in our win column. But there's a, a bunch of others where it's like, okay, well, we favored them, but it was actually just a coin toss, and the coin came up the other way, right? So, um, that just gives everybody a little historical context, right? So, like, if you look back on it, regular season games maybe about eighty percent. Right now, closer bunch of closer games, it's about sixty seven percent. Um, for this weekend, uh, we we developed two two ratings. One, what is each team's likelihood of winning their next game? So all our 16 teams, there's going to be eight games this weekend or eight games in the first round uh, on Thursday and Friday, right? And then what is each team's probability of winning the championship? So their combined probability if they win this one and then their combined probabilities of facing one of the two opponents in the next round, what is their, what is their, um, their state champion, basically their state championship odds, uh, that sort of thing. Um, of those, what are what is your guys' guess that the model thinks is the most likely? And maybe you already saw us posted on Twitter before the show. So <laughs> I did. I so I, I'll stay, stay I silent. So yeah. Okay. I have not. What's, so what's this your, is like of of all divisions. Yeah. Who is the most likely state champion according to the computer? Of all divisions, most likely. Okay, I saw your text asking me this question, but I misread it. So that actually gives me some context. Probably, I would be t- I would be really. It's tough to decide if it's one of these two. I would say it's either Plymouth Christian or it's Liggett. I'll say Liggett though. You were you were close. It's Plymouth Christian. <laughs> oh my God! Wow. All right. Cool. Okay. I feel good about that. I feel like that. Sure. I feel like that's a good. Like nobody would have guessed. I feel good about that. I'm gonna say I'm right in my in my heart. I was right. The, it makes sense if you trace the path. Like they yeah, had by far the most difficult path in the playoffs and had have not had an issue with any of those teams. You know what I mean? So they're they're kicking the crap out of teams that are viewed well uh, or had really good seasons as opposed to some of the other paths. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean that's kind of. I saw that, so I wasn't going to make a guess. But when I saw it, my first reaction was like, yeah, okay. You know, makes sense anyways. So yeah, They have been of, dominant. They've been good. Which of the other three divisions would you say, or would you guess, Brandon, and Brian, I don't know if you inferred this or not, but which which one would you say the model of the other three says is the biggest crapshoot division? One. Has to be one. No, no. Three. You don't think so? Because the model didn't like Algonac. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Brian, the model didn't Brian's, like Algonac. Brian's right. It is three. And here's the here's the funny thing on Algonac, and it goes right back to my um, what I was just saying about that Lake Orion Lakeland projection. Um, Standish is a thirty one percent, thirty one point two percent odds of winning the state title. Algonac is a thirty point eight percent odds. So they're they're basically the same odds, right? You just have to. You, they're going to only be one favorite. So. Imagine um, if Cole Pratt was still at Standish. It's like the house that he built. Is he? St- he's not still there, Brian. Don't tell me he's still there, and I'm wrong. Cole Pratt is at Central Michigan. That's yeah, what I thought. Fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna say he did All go right. to Standish Sterling, but Cole Pratt he did go. Standish. Yeah, I was gonna say freshman year is as a Chippewa. Fire up chips. <clears throat> and, and those other those other two teams in D three, um, you know, certainly according to the computer model, have a fair shot as well, right? So if you look at it, mm-hmm. there. 
uh, even odds is 25%, right? And so two teams having 31 and 30 and 30% odds respectively. I mean, the other two teams are pretty close to having similar paths as well. So there's just a slight edge to Elginac and Standish. Interesting. Where would, uh, okay, let's, let's look at Can D1. We hypothesize. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah Cause D1's got to be the most interesting as far. I mean, everybody's obviously D1. Here's what sucks about this whole thing is that like D1 always gets all the attention because naturally it's Division One. Right. Uh, but even when all the good teams that get the attention in Division One get get knocked out early, here we are again, like discussing Division One probably more. But because it's like so unpredictable that it's the most interesting to discuss. Like in the human in the human world, I think it's the most unpredictable because none of us have really. Like nobody that's talking Michigan high school baseball has thought this would be our final four. Like this is where what it would look like, right? So it's just it's it's wildly interesting to see that it's gotten to this point. So naturally we're gonna we'll talk about it more. But uh, I get I, yeah, let's hypothesize a bit here, Brian. If I had to guess, if I had to guess, this is without knowing anything, I would guess that the most likely to win Division One according to the model would have to be. I'm looking at the bracket right now, so I don't mess anything up because I'm known to do that. If you haven't listened to the show a bunch, I would say probably the least likely to win, according to the computers, if I had to guess, would be Madawan, even though I think they might have the second best chance to win in real life. I would say Madawan, and then I say like the most like the best chance, probably because and I only say this because I know the computers have liked this team all year is Dakota, because I know that, that that team's gotten a lot of love in the computer. So I would guess that. You, you were close to correct. Uh to, to 100 so I got both correct. wrong. No, 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 no. You got you got uh, Dakota right. Uh, they are forty three percent chance of winning the title according to the computer. Um, wow. But Woodhaven is actually the lowest percentage, so they're at eleven percent. Uh, Matawan, it's close to that. They're well, actually they're double the double the odds of Woodhaven. They're at twenty percent, and then Novi comes in at uh, I believe that's you know whatever the difference is twenty seven percent odds so so i would i just had the two because i thought woodhaven would be just slightly ahead of uh of matawan but just because they've i would imagine played you know what have they though because we just we're downriver guys so we think that they may may, i mean they have a tough schedule but matawan's probably played better teams this year on the west side and and in their division and in their league but uh, and they scored 23 runs against uh portage northern right 23 of them yeah, their their yeah, their that, playoff. No, I was gonna say their playoff production's been insane. That's all I was gonna say. And that, that type of result, you know, you talk, going back to my point on overshooting the the models' expectation for the game. You know, you score twenty three in a game where you're only supposed to win by two, which I, I don't actually know what the computer set had said on that game. Uh, that's gonna bump up your rating like crazy, right? So it's uh, just. So okay, let's do this. Let's just uh, wrap here, or wrap here the segment a little bit. We'll uh, take us through D one through D four, how you see each semi playing out, and then how you see the final playing out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we'll start in D one. Um, we have. Well, let me resort this here. My my data here. <clears throat> Uh, so in D1, we have Dakota versus uh, Woodhaven. The computer likes Dakota by w- over Woodhaven by three runs. Okay. 
Um, so that's roughly a 74% chance for Dakota to win. Um, on the other side, uh, Novi and Madawan, the computer has Novi by a run and a half. That's going to be somewhere between 50 to 60% chance that Novi wins. So uh, that the Novi, you know, Madawan game is either they're both, they're both pretty, should be pretty good games. There's no kind of sweeps or uh, without a doubt kind of open and shut them. Hey, computer thinks this is uh this is who's going to win. Uh, so kind of like the rest, uh, the rest of D1 is gone this year. Uh, just kind of totally wide open in some ways. Um, that would then put a Macomb Dakota Novi final, uh, which would be the closest possible matchup in D1. Uh, the computer likes Dakota by 0.8 runs. Uh, oh. So that would basically be a coin flip, just a slight edge to Dakota uh, in that. <clears throat> Okay, so Dakota, but with some – well, just so we're – the computer's more sure of Dakota as a finalist than yeah. it is the other side, Novi versus Madawan. I would agree with that on first blush, too. Um, and then Dakota, the champion of D1. Okay, on to D2. All right, so on the D2 perspective, uh, we've got Grand Rapids Christian and Flint Bowers Catholic. Um, Christian is favored over Flint Bowers by a run. Uh, so, you know, that's 50, 60% chance, um, of, um, uh, down on the other game, Liggett versus Eastern is even closer. Uh, Liggett is only 0.7 runs better than Eastern. So again, kind of these coin flips. So, I mean, we're going to talk about this when we talk about D3 as well, but you know, both these games are kind of just toss ups. Sure. Uh, we like Christian and we like Liggett. Um, then when Christian meets Liggett, if the model goes chalk, um, Christian would actually have, so, so you've kind of got on one side, Christian and, uh, the model likes Christian and Flint Bowers as the two best teams right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of, if the model's calling wh- which games are the state championships, that's the actual state championship on that side okay. uh, of these four teams. Right. Um, but when Christian and Liggett meet, uh, according to our computer, uh, Christian will be favored by 1.7 runs or, uh, you know, rounding up to two there. Okay. So, you know, that's maybe more, that's closer to like 65% chance for Christian. So um, that, you know, that, that D2 would be even less or even more wide open than D1 sure. uh, for a summary there. And that's, that fits with kind of what we've said all season with D2. It was just really like there were six or seven, really good teams who kind of ran away from everybody else. And it's four of those six or seven that are in the final four. So it makes sense that it'd be wide open. Um, all right. D three, which is the most contentious. Yeah. So D three. Um, so we've got Algonac and Lansing Catholic. I'll start there. You know, Algonac's favored by a run in this game. So again, just very close, essentially a coin flip, but slight edged Algonac. Um, Standish Sterling. And this is why their odds are actually better than Algonax of winning the title, even though they're rated as a worse team than Algonac, um, because they have an easier game than them, according to the computer. So their matchup with Bridgman, they're actually favored by 2.3 runs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's, that's, you know, more of a 65%, 63% chance of winning. So that's, you know, the computer likes an Algonac Standish Sterling final. Uh, Algonac will be favored by a run if that occurs. So, uh, sure. And Algonac was one that Brandon and I talked about multiple times throughout the year. Like that was, 
of several where we had differing, like what the computer had versus what we had were, were different. Alconac was maybe the one that stood out the most. We were like, this is a top 10 overall team. Like, even though they're D3, they're the D3 far and away the favorites. And they just never quite climbed in yeah. the computer model. And so now, you know, here we are at the end of the season. It's it's still sticking with that, that like, hey, they're good, but they are not far and away better than everybody else. Yeah, that's that's an interesting point, because um, I, I remember you guys making that point. And I think I think what Algon and, and I think you were spot on with your analysis of why it was, you know, part of the flaw of this computer system is you're only as good as the teams you play. Yep. So if you're you know, and if, if you're if you're not running up the score against bad competition, you will be docked for it in the computer's mind, right? And so, um, you know, playing a team that you should win by 20 runs and you only win by 10 uh, because you're, you know, maybe being a good sport or throwing in some guys at the end, right? Like, that that hurts your rating. So you can only truly figure out how good a team is uh, via the computer's eyes once they start playing legit competition, that sort of thing. And so, um, yeah. Anyways, just props to you, Brian, because I, I remember you saying that. It was whenever there was we got to memorizing them both. You know what I mean? Every week, like memorize the Super 25 because we're doing it. And then we memorized your rankings because we talk about it on the show. So the the outliers stuck out. You know, I remember at one point, Stevensville Lakeshore was another one in the opposite direction. They were really high up the computer model before we ever got around to ranking. So that was, you know, just the give and take of it all. But uh, Mm -hmm. All right, we talked about how Plymouth Christian is the, the heaviest favorite of any of the four divisions. Take us through how that one's going to go. Yeah, so and this is why I only posted one team's odds because I don't, you know, I don't like to disparage the other teams. And sometimes the, the computer model just says some just straight up mean stuff. But yep. yeah, it does not think that Rudyard has much of a chance against Plymouth Christian. Um so just very low odds there. And then on the other side, it doesn't think Hackett Catholic has much of a chance against Beale City. Uh, so that's uh, – and then I think Beale City versus Plymouth Christian will be uh, – uh, pr- so basically, you know, I told you Plymouth Christian has a 52% chance, but mm-hmm. Beale City actually has a 48% chance. Okay. Uh, wow. Bas- that's, all yeah, it, that's all that's left. Yeah, the computer basically says there's, you know, no chance that uh, – you know, there's a slight chance that Hackett beats Beale City, but there's there's basically the computer thinks no chance that Rudyard beats uh, Plymouth Christian. So Rudyard, the underdog, that's fine. That's fine. They'll wear that. They're from the Upper Peninsula. They'll wear that. They have an on them already. They, they're, 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 they're the Bulldogs, right? So yes, uh, yes, dog Bulldogs. <laughs> Precisely. Um, we, all right, let's. Uh, that ended up being our longest interview segment ever, I think, and I'm not mad about it at all. That was outstanding. That it flew by. What I was hoping for. Yeah. So, with that being said, man, appreciate you hanging out with us. Thank you for the work that you do. It's awesome. Uh, it's been a seamless transition into what we're trying to do as far as kind of grouping it together and have the human the human elements along with the computer. Um, so, just wanted to to shout you out. Finally, get you on the show everybody follow you guys uh, shout it out where people can follow you where they can subscribe to you yeah at goose poop um double underscore on twitter and then no no it's single underscore on twitter and then double underscore at goose poop double underscore on instagram so that's uh we've got it we've got a newsletter as well you, you'll find it there we post try to post you know a couple times a month that sort of thing so yeah fellow so. down river uh native correct myself yeah or you know somebody from allen park was that what it was 
Oh, I, I know. Yeah, I know. I'm, I got a couple That's what of those from, from Down River. So yeah. you're but Down River by association. Down River adjacent. That's yeah, true. Sure. That's right. Uh, well, appreciate you hanging out with us, man. Uh, again, that was awesome. Everybody follow Goose Poop at the aforementioned ats. Thank you again for coming on the show. And we uh, will look forward to the season finale uh, of what the computer model says after this weekend. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me.